0: doing great. Uh, welcome to the day. Make sure everything is working on my end over here. Okay. Happy Monday. For those that are here live, for those that are here in any other day, happy day, whatever it is. Opportunity for us to get a little better this today, a little better this week. We've been talking a lot about this idea of happiness. I want to talk to you a little bit about we're, we really have to go through it slowly. I, I don't have any One of the, the great challenges, I believe, when it comes to happiness, is that we go through it super quickly. We seem to fly through the idea of happiness in a very quick way because somehow we feel like once we understand what happiness is, then we can sort of get to it. I saw this research today that I wanted to bring up. I don't know where it is right now? Um I guess we'll have to just do it off the top of our heads here. Um I was looking up today some of the research that about unhappiness and happiness. And so to sort of here is some of the things that It's an amazing thing happiness. Because psychologists have shown how it has very little to do with ver- for certain things and a lot to do with other things. So let's let's delve into it together. One of the great traps of happiness is the thought that I have to understand it, and if I understand it cognitively, I should feel it. We've been speaking about this a lot on the show about this idea. We there's a prayer that we say every day called Aleinu, and in that prayer, there's an expression. Um, I'll say it in Hebrew and I'll translate. The expression is Ve'adata Hayom. You should know today, and you should bring it into your heart. The rabbis teach that those are two totally separate domains knowledge and emotional connection are completely separate. You can know things and not feel them, but when you know something clearly enough, right, when you spend the time to know it at a level where it is a part of you where it is part of your awareness then you begin to feel it not from a place of some emotional external inspiration but from a place of something inter- internal I'll give you an example I'll give you an easy example when you grow up in a in a in a household as was when I grew up in when I grew up where I grew up in my school with my friends i started to follow sports and when i was younger especially in a very serious way so when you first begin the process of following sports you're you're learning the game you're learning the players you're learning the teams if you continue to follow sports as much as a typical person does which is every year for a large portion of the year the clarity of who your team is The understanding of the game and and where your team fits. All of that leads to a certain awareness. And it's amazing you go from, I hope they win, to we're number one. You ever watch a, a, a fan? Back in the days where we had fans going to stadiums, right? Sitting in the bleachers, drinking a beer for five bucks. Spending 80 bucks on a ticket, screaming we're number one. Right, and you're thinking, I don't know if you're number one. I mean, the guys in the field may be number one, but you're definitely not number one. And he was in the parking lot four hours earlier tailgating, and he's going to go home and speak about the plays, which he knows very little of to his family, and then listen to it on the the radio, and then the next morning watch the replay. Well, it went from knowledge to an awareness, and that awareness has a feeling to it. It's who I am. I can just hear about it. a score, and feel something. I can sit in a game and my emotions can go wild even though I have no physical, financial, material connection to the game, but for the fact that I have chosen to create an awareness in my mind, which then got into my feelings. Well, happiness is the same way. It's not something that you learn. It's not something that you just pick up. It's not math. And where a lot of people fail is that they assume that if they understand it, it should feel that way. Well, it's the exact opposite because if you understand it and that's where you stop, you actually prevent it because what's going to happen is when you're in the moment, you're not going to feel it, then you'll lose the, the, the confidence that you can be happy. A lot of people are not happy because they th- that's their default feeling. So what ends up happening is we start, we all grow up and we're happy. Like little kids are happy. You ever watch a two-year-old play? They're happy, right? You don't really find, you know, 18-month-old kids having long session with the family therapist that it's just, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like I'm trying to walk. I'm trying to like, I just, maybe there's something, maybe it's me. Like how come when I play toys, like what's happening? You're not finding the six-month-old going like, I'm trying to get the cereal in my mouth. Like. I don't know, like I just wake up in the morning and I'm just overwhelmed, right? It's learned. Some people have it, it's clinical, it's fine, we're not talking about cognitive issues and emotional health, forget that. And if if you're listening to me, you don't have it. Like you're fine. When it comes to happiness, it's something that is a learned experience. Now what happens along the way is that we don't know how to get happiness we have it naturally it's our natural state of being because our soul is in a natural state of contentment our soul is happy it's not happy maybe from a way of like it tastes delicious happy it's not a physical happiness it is a much more of a empowerment It is a deep-rooted spiritual happiness that our soul has naturally. We don't have to become happy. You have to reveal happiness. Just like you don't have to become great. You have to reveal greatness. We have been programmed with all of these things and the world around us, it doesn't take it take us doesn't take it away from us on purpose. That's just the nature of the world. You have to learn how to take the things that are natural to you and apply them to a Unnatural environment because if you do, then you're gonna grow. Greatness is when you apply things to environments that are not naturally great. If everyone would be naturally, if the world would be conducive to happiness and greatness, we wouldn't be fighting for anything. So, there's an element, even to our own happiness and even to our own greatness, that is only in its natural potential inside us and needs us to go up against counter forces. ...in order for us to really express it. That that concept... ...is... ...the path of life. It's trying to apply some of the things that we know internally... ...into the things that are in front of us. So when, when we look at happiness, and we'll do this together... ...when we look at happiness, we have to recognize... That the approach that we have to be taking is an approach like we're taking to anything that is really complex and really important. Because if we can solve the, 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 the puzzle of empowerment, I'm using those words interchangeably now, then we can really become bulletproof. So there's, there's so much here to talk about. So the first thing we have to realize is what it's not, and that was yesterday. Happiness is not an outcome of materialism. In fact, the research has shown that the people that have very materialistic goals are usually of the most unhappy. And if you just look back at our lives, you'll find that. Like if you just go back to 19... 55, and you measure the happiness of the people in 1955, and there's a lot of research behind this, which I'll I can send to Andy we can post. If you look at happiness uh, 60 years ago, 70 years ago, 50 years ago, and you measure the happiness scale of individuals, I'm not talking about time during like the Great Depression. I'm not talking about time during a, a, a concentration camp. Because it seems like there's this interesting balance between extreme poverty of which people are unhappy because they don't have enough and then ultimately what you get past that and once you get past the threshold of having enough where you have food over or food to eat and a roof over your head and general basic well-being and medicine and you can survive once you get into that world the level of happiness that one has is almost irrelevant to the amount of materialistic accomplishments that you have so if you go back 50 60 years after we we've got out of that great depression and you compare it to life now people aren't we have twice three times the amount of everything we have three times the amount of of food for sure we have twice the amount of cars we have a hundred times the amount of entertainment And yet the level of happiness didn't increase. How could that be? If physical pleasures and material accomplishments are a pathway to feelings of happiness, then we should be walking around as a society and we should be a measure of an exponentially happier society than our grandparents. We should be bouncing off the walls. We should be skipping to work. We work in air-conditioned buildings. We access the world at our fingertips. We can do anything wherever. And yet for some reason society doesn't seem to have – I would even say if you think through in terms of depression rates and use of medication to bring happiness – We may be even worse off than we were in the 1960s from a happiness standard. How is that possible? And so when you start to realize that, wait, feeding the materialistic funnel just doesn't bring happiness. It's just not the right pipe. As much as I would like to fuel my car with orange juice, it just doesn't run. So. Maybe I get a little bit because there's some liquid in there. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to drive a car with orange juice. the end of the day, I'm not going to have a healthy approach, a happy approach in life by feeding myself materialism. Materialism could be a, could be a part of the puzzle. But that into itself doesn't work. And as much as society tells us otherwise, it's not going to change. And this is the this is the conflict that we have to like nail, because if we don't know this clearly, it's not going to matter what we do next. At The end of the day, if we still think, all right, listen, fine, I got you, trust me, let me win the lottery, and I'll see how happy I am. Right at the end of the day, if we're still thinking, I hear you, I hear, I hear you, I hear you, but, but. Give give me the extra million. Just give it to me. Trust me. You give me the extra million, I'm going to show you happiness like you never heard of before. It's because we don't really believe it. We don't really believe that the excess materialism that I'm looking for, the excess honor that I'm going for, whether I recognize it or not, The need to compete with the circle around me, the need to accomplish that which my micro society is telling me to accomplish, all the things that we strive for, whether we know it consciously or subconsciously, unless we recognize that the striving for that materialistic thing is not going to bring me any happier, unless we realize that we are not in control of the thing we're going after. It controls us that thing then is giving us the thing we deep down want, which is life satisfaction. If we believe that the only way I'm going to be happy is with a gold medal around my neck, then the gold medal controls me. If we believe the way I'll be happy is getting into that school or getting that house or getting that person or getting that honor... If we do something and there isn't enough likes or people that know, if we do an event and people don't show, if we are doing things and we are expecting some materialistic accomplishment to drive that happiness that we so crave because we had it, we were little, and we lost it along the way, and as great as life can be, I don't know why I don't feel happier when I wake up in the morning when I go to bed. If we think the reason is because there's being held by an outcome, then guess what? We are controlled by that outcome. We are controlled by the thing that we are going after. And we, the essential I, that soul that is within us, is not in control. And as soon as you give control to anything, you lose it. You have to recognize that the happiness stats, the research that has shown that happiness levels haven't gone up over the course of our decades of being in the greatest expansion of wealth and materialism in the history of humanity. It's because it's not feeding it properly. And as once we recognize that we're not feeding ourselves properly, we can begin to change. It's like that person who wants to lose weight and is pounding fat-free cookies. You're not going to get healthy with fat-free cookies. As much as we think diet soda has less sugar, no one will get healthy with a diet of diet soda and fat-free cookies. Even if someone tells you on a screen all the taste and none of the, 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 uh, the guilt, they're lying. There's plenty of guilt. It's just that you're pumping your body with chemicals. You're not going to wake up in the morning and feel good because we're, we got some shortcut. It's not how it works. And this, we got to nail it. We got to recognize it. And as soon as we recognize that the things around me aren't making me happy, then we got to look back and go well, how do I become happy? How do I become empowered always? So we'll use the example of being healthy. Because physical health and emotional health are very much interrelated. That's how God made us. There's a concept in Torah called God looked into the Torah and created the world. And what that means is that everything relates to everything else. There's principles in the world that are related to other principles in the world. There's a reason why chocolate isn't as good for you as lettuce. Lettuce. The same reason why you don't get stuff easily and you have to work for things. There's a reason why the world is built on the principle that work hard for things that are good for you. Why couldn't God make it that ice cream tastes ice cream is good for you and you know and vegetables aren't? Why does it have to be this way? The answer is because he is constantly building the world through similar principles. And the principles of physical health very much relate to emotional and mental health. And physical health, if you think about it, you don't just become healthy because someone hands you a pill. You become healthy because of multiple things that you're doing. Someone who wants to be healthy in life physically, you got to do multiple things. It's not just one thing. It's your, how you eat. It's what you do eat, what you don't eat. It's how you sleep. It's how much water you drink. It's your exercise. Right? There's There's multiple ways in which a person puts together a package called physical health. And if you do these things right, and you don't go crazy on any of them, but if you live your life in the right level of moderation, and you exercise properly, and you drink water properly, and you sleep properly, and you eat properly, and you don't eat certain things, if you live a certain holistic life, your body will function better. Well, if we do that with our mind, Forget what we spoke about with regards to schema gets you to your goal. That's very, that's, that's great. I'm talking about from a perspective of being always empowered. I'm talking from a perspective about being always happy. You have a commandment, Simcha Tamid, always happy. That means that God is telling us, you got to figure this out. I put you in this world. You've got to figure out how to keep yourself empowered always. And here's the problem. i only got one more minute, but here's the problem. That we grow up in a world where we had it, and the world convinces us that what it is that we want, that feeling, if we really want it, it's behind that outcome. So therefore, if the feeling is behind an outcome, during the process of getting the outcome, we don't feel happy and we think that's normal. We think it's normal. We think it's appropriate. We actually give a, a credit to it. We think it's ambitious. We use the word hungry. We've taken hungry and turned it into being unhappy. And we think it's normal for us to be ha- unhappy during the period in which I am going after that, which I want. Because when I get it, I'll be happy. But here's the problem. We get it and we're not happy. And it's supposed to go And wait a second, this isn't working. We go, oh, it's not what I wanted. I wanted the next thing. Okay, periods of unhappiness. And if you spend a lot of time thinking something, guess what happens to your brain? It becomes normal. It's called neuroplasticity. So when most of your time you feel that you're unhappy because you're after something, you know what's going to feel like your normal default feeling? Unhappiness. That's why being unhappy feels more normal to us than being happy. Okay, we got to talk about tomorrow. Well, there's no Q&A today. I think I'm looking at the q and As. I think we can handle it on Friday. So let's move back to the Friday Q&A day. And then during, during the week, we'll just stick with the daily boost. But we gotta, we got to get underneath this. Once we can really identify just how normal unhappiness is to us, just how regular it feels to walk around with a face down, how's your day fine, how's it going, surviving, just like that whole way of life that we've become accustomed to, that usual wake up in the morning and not, and not feeling happy, just that normalcy is like 50% okay we'll talk about it for those who joined in today welcome yes definitely progress Iran is definitely on the way okay thanks for for tuning in and with God's help I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow